Hey y'all, this is the Christ Center Conversations Podcast, and I'm Shelby Stanfill. And I'm Kevin Stanfill. Each week, we come together and discuss the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy listening to this week's episode. Welcome to episode 48 of the Book of Mormon Podcast. How's it going, Shelby? Going good. I'm I'm real comfy. We're not at our table, so you won't hear a bunch of squeaking. So I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about this chapter. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive in. All right, let's do it. So last week we talked about chapter twenty-five, and that was the the lead up to the coming of Christ, right? That, those were Nephi's prophesying of the, you know, 600 years from the time that Lehi and his family left Jerusalem to the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the things that would happen. Uh, we know that the Nephites are keeping the law of Moses, which is, kind of a preparatory law to point the children of men to Christ and his coming as the savior of the world. Um, yes, I was going to say something. I had this thought and it really has nothing to do with the chapters. Okay, good. <laughs> so just like bear with me here. But it's probably because of what I was listening to. I was listening to Elder Bender's talk this morning, um, the one that we'll be discussing on conference talk. So go over there and listen to it when it comes out. But um, basically, I just had this thought of Nephi last week, you know, prophesying about the coming of Christ. And then in in 26, we're going to read about those things too, Um, more more of the prophesying. But I thought about right now (laughs) where we are in the latter days and just how much has had to happen and prophecies that have led up to 2020 here on earth. And that's, that's a lot of stuff that has happened. Like y'all we're talking like the creation of the earth, Adam and Eve, prophets, dispensations, um, prophecies to yet be fulfilled, prophecies that have been fulfilled, um, Christ finally being born, Christ dying and being resurrected, performing the atonement, um, the apostasy, confusion, and then a restoration, and temples coming, and Book of Mormon, and just all these things that have happened that led up to this given point in time. So when you think about, I guess if you put it in, if you want to, we're going back on a timeline here and imagine being these people like hearing these things that are going to happen. You know, they had a time frame. <laughs> they actually had a time frame of 600 years from the time we left. So they could really guess or give or take of what was going to happen, you know? And that was the reason that they had a time frame was because they had living prophets 
who they listened to and, and who taught them. Right. Like it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't a secular um, knowledge. It was a spiritual knowledge because there were tons of people in the Book of Mormon and that we'll get to who they kind of refute the prophets. Oh yeah. Teachings and timeline. You know, they don't think, they don't think that a, a person like Christ will come. Right. And it's just, it's crazy. I don't know. I just was like amazed at, well, first of all, being a member of the church in these latter days and everything that's had to happen to get to this point. But also, I mean, these people in the Book of Mormon, I mean, this is to put yourself in their shoes. I mean, this is just a point on the timeline to eventually come to the fullness of the restoration. I don't know. It's really cool. And I think that was like, in a lot of ways, that was the message that was really hammered home at this last general conference Mm -hmm. was, you know, look at all these things that have been, that have had to happen and look at all the things, you know, that the restoration um, brought forth and is still like currently bringing forth. Right. And it just, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fascinating. I just had that, I just had that thought Hmm. of, I don't know. I was just kind of amazed, (laughs) just very amazed at it, that the fact that this happened so long ago and yet we, we have the knowledge of it and we have the understanding of it and it does play a critical and key important role in the latter days today. So it wasn't just for nothing, you know, all these prophesying, like it has its role and purpose and it always will. So, yeah. And each person living on the earth has had a a role to play. They, you know, not always easy to see from our mortal view, but definitely, but heavenly father definitely knows them and Jesus Christ knows them. And all these things are, are for our gain. It's pretty cool. So let's, let's go ahead and get into chapter 26. Then. Okay. Thanks, thanks for going on my, coming on me with my thoughts. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so t- 25 really talked about the scope of things, um, kind of what you were talking about. And in chapter 26, uh, Nephi, he begins with, you know, after he says in verse one, and after Christ shall have risen from the dead, he shall show himself unto you, my children, my beloved brethren, and the words which he shall speak unto you shall be the law, which he shall do. So in other words, the law of Moses will be done. It right. will have been fulfilled. It's a higher law, right? The, the the law of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as opposed to maybe, as some would call it, the the letter of the law, a strict, you know, code or or series of edicts, which say you have to do this specific thing in order to, you know, receive um, spiritual gifts and and an atonement of sorts. Right. 
Um, I was also going to say, um, in, well, in the following verses, like, really, we can, we can talk about each of them, but to me, it was just, you can summarize it as being what is to come when the Lord comes, if that makes sense, to the evil people. To, I mean, <laughs> not evil people, no one's evil, um, disobedient people. Well, right? th- those who've rejected yes. the prophets. And I think it's important to point out that these people are not like, they're not run of the mill, um, just agnostic people. They've been taught regarding the coming of Christ. They've seen the signs, and yet uh, they still don't believe. So this was interesting to me. So in verse 3, well, verse 2 is just talking about how there will be many generations that will pass away, and there will be a lot of wars and contentions. Um, Verse 3 talks about the signs that should be given unto you. So they literally he's telling you here are some signs that will show that the savior is born and also that he died and has been resurrected. Right. Right. Um, which is pretty cool because that's what's happening today with the second coming of our Lord. Right. We know that there are signs and things that will happen. Um, and in verse four and five, this is the one that God, Like four through six is pretty morbid. (laughs) Like it talks about what will happen to them. It says the day cometh that shall burn them up for they shall be a stubble. Verse five, and they that kill the prophets and the saints, the depths of the earth shall swallow them up. Um, But this is the phrase that got me. And buildings shall fall upon them and crush them to pieces and grind them to powder. Like this is some serious stuff here you know, like of the destruction of those who rejected Christ. And what I love about, I shouldn't say what I love about it, but in verse seven, you see Nephi saying, oh, the pain and the anguish of my soul for the loss of the slain of my people. For I, Nephi, have seen it, and it well nigh consumeth me before the presence of the Lord, that I must cry unto my God, thy ways are just. Yeah. So here Nephi is seeing this, his generation, his posterity. Some end up like that, being crushed and ground, grinded to powder, right? Yeah. And here he is feeling that anguish, but he knows that it's just what is happening to them because of the actions they've made or actions they've done, right? Right. I, I wrote down... It's very interesting that some of these prophecies that Nephi puts forward, they're very similar when you compare them back to the Isaiah chapters that we've just finished. Hmm. So I put down, think back to Judah and Israel, their destruction. And, you know, Isaiah definitely lamented at their destruction, but... He had to admit that God was just in his wrath. Right. And it's it's because they too, those people, 
had rejected the prophets. Um, and then remember what prophets do, which they, they call people to repentance. They tell them you need to change your ways to come into alignment with God and his will. And some people, some people don't like that. <laughs> well, yeah, if we know this from first Nephi 16 too, that the wicked take it the truth to be hard. So when someone comes up to you and says that you're doing something wrong and you know that it's wrong, you get defensive. Right. And that's what's happening. And that's just what's happening here at times like 15,000. <laughs> um, so don't let it get that far. Um, I want to talk about verse eight, though. It says the righteous that hearken unto the words of the prophets and destroy them not, but look for it unto Christ with steadfastness for the signs which are given. Notwithstanding all persecution, behold, they are they which shall not perish. And um, there was a link, and I wrote this in my notes. It says, um, the righteous are spared. It does link to 3 Nephi 10, 12 through 13. And, and that's when, uh, that's the destruction right before the Lord comes and the timing of the Book of Mormon. And I put, though they were spared, it doesn't mean they didn't have to endure all the earthquakes and fires and da 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 um, They still had to endure it, right? And so the same parallel can be drawn for the second coming. Although the righteous can be spared, um, it doesn't mean that we're not going to see buildings falling down around us and fires all can, you know, all around us. We can, we can trust that there will, there will be a deliverance if we have been righteous, you know? So I, I just thought of that in verse eight. Yeah, verse eight definitely gives you some some hope. Yeah, for for those who are righteous who do believe, and and I just liked just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I also took some notes in verse eight, and I I highlighted the righteous, and then I underlined the the following things that the righteous do: they hearken unto the words of the prophets. And destroy them not <laughs> obviously right. they look forward unto christ with a steadfastness and what what is that steadfastness right the footnote it says see also commitment courage dedication dependability diligence endure faithfulness integrity loyalty obedience and pers perseverance and, you know, obviously it talks about the signs, mm -hmm. but it says notwithstanding all persecution. And I think that's like a super important thing to take into consideration is that the righteous will receive worldly persecution, mm -hmm. but it doesn't affect them like it affects others. They, they see the hand of the Lord in all things. And, you know, we, we sometimes bring up, this this current pandemic but you know i believe that those who are steadfast in the faith they see it as a they they're, they ask themselves what was the lord trying to teach us with this pandemic and all of these you know very worldly things that happened because of it like closing of businesses, closing of social 
um, gatherings, I mean, even church being limited, the temples being closed. And if you listen to the prophets and apostles today and what their takeaways from the, the quarantine, the lockdown are, it's, man, I had a lot more time to spend with my family. I had a lot more time to study the scriptures than I normally do, you know? And I think that's, you know, notwithstanding all persecution, even persecution from uh, worldly events, mm-hmm. you know, thing, you know, the effects of the fallen world, those saints still, they, they prosper in times of hardship. Right. So I want to, I love that, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Very insightful. Um, I also wanted to talk about why the righteous are spared, because this was a question that I had while I was reading. And I was like, well, why are they spared? You know, why, you know, of course, we've already talked about, well, they're obedient and they, they endured and, you know, all the things we just said. But I think the most important thing comes up in verse nine. It says, but the son of righteousness, which is Jesus Christ, shall appear to them and shall heal them Mm. and shall have peace with with him. They were spared so that they could see their savior, Jesus Christ. That was one of the most important things, right? They had been waiting and enduring and doing all these things. Maybe they even had some afflictions from maybe a brick hit them in the head. I don't know, from a building falling. It doesn't mean that you just have this bubble around you. They were spared, though, to be able to live, to then see the Savior appear to them and heal them and bring peace. And what a cool and amazing feeling that must have been to go from destruction, right, and just almost no hope right there at the very end. Like, can you imagine? (laughs) I would just be thinking the whole time, like, all right, when's he coming? Because I'm about to die in his destruction and then the next day or however after three days of darkness i think it was then to have just glorious light and the savior come and heal you from everything that you just endured that's amazing so i really liked verse nine (laughs) yeah it taught me why why we endure and in verse 10 and uh, well, yeah, it's just in verse 10, it kind of doubles back and talks about the the destruction, the speedy destruction of mm. the wicked. And, you know, once again, Nephi says, like, this pains my soul, but I've seen it. And I have to bear record of it. Um, he says, for the reward of their pride and their foolishness they shall reap destruction for because they yield unto the devil and choose works of darkness rather than light. Therefore they must go down to hell. And obviously that's like, it's pretty, that's pretty intense. It's pretty grim, but you know, these are like, again, it's the prideful people. It's the people who they've seen the signs. They've heard the prophets and their hearts have been pricked. I really feel like that. It's not people who are just 
they never got the chance to hear the prophets speak and they've lived a life of ignorance, mm -hmm. you know, um, they may be afflicted, like you said, but they're not going to be cursed and because they didn't, they didn't yield up to the devil. They didn't choose works of darkness rather than light. They just, they didn't have that opportunity. The key word for me in that verse is and choose. Uh, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? That just solidifies everything you just said. Right. They chose. It doesn't matter. Um, anything else doesn't matter. It's just the fact that they chose that and they went forward and moved forward with works mm -hmm. of darkness. Right. Yeah. And so what? No. Doing? And I mean, that, that takes us into verse 11. Like that was very, that was very uh, concise. What you did is you boiled down all my thoughts <laughs> to that one part of the verse. And so we can, we can progress right. to verse 11. And it talks about how the spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. And that at first you think like, Oh, what does that mean? Right. It says, and when the spirit ceaseth to strive with man, then cometh speedy destruction. And there's two things that I thought about that, about, about that, that phrase was President Nelson's uh, very, it's a very prolifically uh, restated, like it's a reiterated thing. It says, and I finally linked it. I went and found it the initial time he said it, which is in April, 2018, the general conference, he says in the coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy ghost. And that's very much a choice that we have. Are we going to choose to have the Holy ghost and, and listen to it or are we not? very i really like what you said which is it really depends on the choice right. of the individual because the spirit will definitely come unto the hearts of right. men but it's our choice to let him into our hearts right and i mean I think, I believe <laughs> that everything in that verse, I see the, the spirit of the Lord ceasing to strive with man today. Yeah, and I see a speedy destruction coming. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> like I see it in the world. No one, there are those who do want to listen, but the majority, they don't care. <laughs> They have, a, they have all their needs met. I just, I see a, a speedy destruction come because of that. I think it's because they care so much about the worldly component and less about the spiritual component, right? They, they care about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. They just, they're not caring about the right things. In order to have the spirit. In order to have the spirit. Very good. And, and once again, it grieveth my soul. That's yeah. what Nephi says. He sees it and it's sad and it gr he's grieving because of it. 
I mean, sometimes that's all you can do, <laughs> right? You can't right. make someone take the spirit, like heed it. You can't do that. Like we said, it's their choice. Yeah. So all you can do 100%. is invite. All you can do is invite. Learn that life lesson now because don't think that you can force anybody to do anything because everyone is an Asia unto themselves. All you can do is invite. Amen. <laughs> Verse 12 and 13 really talks about the power of the Holy Ghost. And, and it's very appropriate that he talks about the spirit and its influence. And then he talks about the convincing of the Jews and he says, it must needs be that the Gentiles be convinced also that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God. Hmm. And in 13, very important. And that he manifested himself unto all those who believe in him by the power of the Holy Ghost. And he does so unto every nation, kindred and tongue and people, working mighty miracles, signs and wonders among the children of men according to their faith. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we can unpack that. I don't know if it's a hundred percent necessary, but it is our faithfulness and our belief in Christ that allows the Holy ghost to, um, bring to pass these mighty miracles and signs and works in our lives. Most importantly, it helps us see them as something from God, as opposed to just something that happened. Right. Right. Because it teaches you by the spirit what's happening. You know, what this mighty miracle and signs and wonders are. And those are not, we know that mighty miracles and signs are not enough to just convert you. It has to be these small, uh, simple actions that convert you over time, over a period of time. And that is what builds your testimony. And it can start with a miracle or a wonderful sign, um, but that's not going to help you endure <laughs> in the last days. Mm -hmm. And we know that from President Nelson, like you said earlier. Um, so the following verses, 14... And 15, also 16, um, he continues to prophesy about the last days. And he talks about in 15, after Nephi's seed and the seed of his brothers, Laman and Lemuel, have dwindled in unbelief, um, that the prayers of the faithful shall be heard, and all those who have dwindled in unbelief shall not be forgotten. And then it goes into 16 and 17, talking about this familiar spirit and a whispering um, that these prayers of the faithful and those who dwindled in unbelief uh, will not be forgotten. Like it's the way that they come to know these people, this righteous, righteous people or unrighteous, <laughs> right? All right. So in... Going back to verse 14, it says concerning the last days when the Lord God shall bring these things forth unto the children of men. He's talking about the Book of Mormon. 
he's talking about the scriptures right. that are recorded and they they come to both Jew and Gentile. Right. And he also talks about the he he paraphrases Isaiah and talks about like the the things that are that come upon the Gentiles. He talks about the Lord God shall have camped against them round about, laid siege against them, raised forts against them, so on and so forth. But then, like you said, the words of the righteous mm-hmm. will will kind of start to teach them. And that's because of the preservation of the scriptures, the the words of the prophets, and um I wanted to talk about in verse 16 where it talks about this familiar spirit. If we remember back to, I linked it into, ooh, second Nephi, uh, one of the Isaiah chapters, it talked about peeping wizards who, hmm. who kind of sell a familiar spirit. I wanted to, Oh, I see. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that we know that in that context, a familiar spirit was a bad thing. However, in this context, a familiar spirit is actually a good thing. The original meaning of a familiar spirit, this is coming from the Book of Mormon student manual, is a noun meaning a spirit who prompts an individual or the spirit of a dead person. While this meaning may sound odd to us today, in the past, it commonly conveyed the sense that departed ones can have influence beyond the grave into this life. In that sense, the voice of Nephi's people who have slumbered in the dust for centuries are now whispering out of the dust through the pages of the Book of Mormon, which Joseph Smith literally took out of the ground. And you know, that, that's a pretty powerful thing. It, it talks about the, the prophets and the, the righteous crying, their blood crying from the earth. From the ground. From the ground, yeah. Well, earth and ground. I yeah. just want to add it. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of just gave in <laughs> on that one. But yeah, from, from the ground. Um, and so the reason that I, I wanted to hammer home on that is that the Book of Mormon as a tangible, literal record of a, of a people who, you know, they're, they're not different from us in very many ways, culturally, maybe. Um, but the things that they had to deal with, the things that they, they went through, there's a reason that the Book of Mormon was preserved for our day and not, you know, preserved or, or um, inserted into 16th century Europe mm-hmm. or 13th century Europe, right? It's because their civilization had reached or reached such a point that it was flourishing. You know, there were these, and it may not look at, look like the flourishing that we have today of you know, technology and having instant access to certain things and streaming and 
phones and apps and all these things, right? But they, in in that sense, that's how it exists today. But that that same idea was in that society. It was in that society from 600 years to the time that it developed, it flourished, right? It got to a point of, I don't need to remember who all this came from because now we did this all, you know, it became, I did it. Hmm. I don't need to depend on my Lord anymore um, and my savior. And that's, I feel like that's the same thing that happens today. We're just, we can be very blessed with the things that we have. And if we do not remember who they came from, that's when we start to fall into, um, you know, not having the spirit with us as much and not, Um, not doing the things that we should because we start to think of we boast in our own flesh rather than boasting in God, right? Yeah. And so that same, like, turning point of society is, I think, what exists today, and that's why it relates, like, so much. I mean, there were political leaders then. Same now. Like, there's no... The only difference is, I guess, just the development of the technology and the things that were happening, in my opinion. I think the ideas and the concepts and the hearts of men are what match between the society today and the society then in the Book of Mormon. And that's why it's so relatable. That's why the Book of Mormon is so important, because it's your heart. It's your intentions. It's, it's all that. And that's what matters. And it's more important than ever to remain steadfast and rely on that rock of our salvation, which is Christ. Right. And there are people who actively oppose God today, right? I mean, there's many people who actively try to reach out to, you know, people of other faiths who reach out to members of the church today who try to get them to leave. I mean, there's active people like that today. And that's that's in verse 18, I think, or, or 18. Um, yeah, for they seek to destroy the things of God at the end of 17. I mean, I guess that's not, hey, they seek to take you away, but they do seek to get you not to follow the things of God. So it's just, it's very relatable. And I, I, the more we do this podcast and I hope our listeners, if you've listened to this podcast or even just a few um, episodes of this podcast, my testimony just grows more and more of the fact that it is for our day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I read this book, I read the book of Mormon and I think, holy crap, that's just like A, B and C. That's happening right now. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that everyone is having that same experience because the Book of Mormon really is for our day and our time. Yeah. So, rant over. (laughs) Well, do we want to continue on or do we want to save, you know, 18 through the rest of the chapter for next week when maybe we've had more time to talk or to think about it. I mean, we can, that's fine. I think that the rest of the chapter, um, focuses on 
the the workings of our savior like well the workings of those who that i well i don't have my words it focuses on the events and the things that happen in my opinion so like 22 is talking about secret combinations 24 is talking about how yeah, christ does but i don't want to i don't want to like pick through it i want to discuss it with mm-hmm. a, a little bit more context and so i think that's why i'm saying maybe we should wait and study it a little bit because i've not had i really have not had the time to study the latter half of this chapter you know to be able to because i mean it's so dense it is i i didn't i didn't recognize how dense this chapter is I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, that's fine. We can do that. Cause I mean, just, I mean, even starting in 20 through 22, that could be a full podcast. <laughs> right. So yeah, we can do that. What I wanted to mention before the end of the podcast today though, is, you know, last week I talked about how the, this next chapter, meaning chapter 26 is kind of a a a manual in a way for we in the latter days to respond to changes and circumstances that change um we've talked a lot about it today it's just it is relying on the constant companionship of the holy ghost as opposed to the changeable willy-nilly omnidirectional influence of the world and so you know when when things do change when something happens we have to know where to look and if if these people as their world became more noisy and as things became more uncertain in their daily lives if they'd remembered to focus on the savior who's always the same you know everything that that he stands for is the same then they wouldn't have been brought low Mm. um and you know it talks about the convincing of the jews and also the gentiles i think in in a some way like that word convincing can kind of seem like compelled that mean, it means that you're compelling somebody to believe something. But instead, it's it's has the Holy Ghost whispered to you, again, a, a still soft voice, has it whispered to you and convinced you that these things are true. And my invitation is that if you're not convinced of like I could fill in the blank here, but for our purposes of this podcast, if you're not convinced of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon, of the integrity and authenticity of Joseph Smith's first vision account, then now is the time to really focus on getting that and, and receiving a testimony of these things. And just like you would do 
whatever you had to, to earn money for your family or to take care of, of those close to you, it, there has to be some urgency in it. Hmm. Um, Do you remember, I think it was in the 2018, uh, 2018 general conference, president Nelson, I just remember him saying that time is now. The yeah, time, time is the, running out. Or what time he said. is running out. Um, and that was two years ago. Okay. I, I think either 2018, yeah. I think it was 2018. But either way, it's been over at least a year and a half. <laughs> so when I think I just had all these thoughts when you were talking because time is running out. Time is right. Like it's, it's get that right now because the time has already been running out <laughs> right you know what i'm saying and so it's never i don't want to say it's never too late but you need to really get on that and then i was thinking to myself wow why do we have general conferences every six months and i thought i thought it's in that six months can really tell in between conferences what you did with the words from the prophets and apostles right and so six months gives you that time to improve or stay the same or regress, right? Because right. those are all the directions we can go. So in that six months, what are you doing? I mean, think back to April. What have you changed in your life back from April? Have you been able to heed the spirit more? Have you been able to read the scriptures more? Like whatever it is, um, these things matter. And the fact that we're meeting every six months is important. Right. It's important to the Lord. So I don't know. I don't know. Just some thoughts I was having as you were saying, you know, the time is now. <laughs> Do that right now. Get that testimony of the authenticity of the Book of Mormon. To riff on what you're saying, there's going to be two things that stir us up to remembrance of God. Mm -hmm. One is the words of the prophets. And that's like preliminary. That's like. That's going to be the easier thing to listen to. But the other thing that's going to stir us up to remembrance is chastisement mm -hmm. and destruction. So which one do you want to be remembered? Like, which one do you want to be reminded of the Savior as your Lord and your God? Do you want to accept the prophets and their teachings or do you want to fight against them and then be reminded of your folly when the destruction comes? Right. Because at that point it's too late. Right. So kind of like a, a grim end to our conversation, but not, but it's the reality. It's, it, it's, it is the reality. It's very just. Yeah. So, so yeah, needless to say, um, we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk about the, the Book of Mormon student manual breaks up the last chapter and this chapter into segments of like, who is Nephi addressing? And so far he's addressed the Jews in Jerusalem. Uh, and I guess maybe their descendants. He's also addressed his descendants, um, the Lamanites and the Nephites. And when we start next week, we're going to be talking 
or rather we're going to be looking at his addressing the Gentiles who are not of the house of Israel. But like he said, it must needs be that they are convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God. And why must the Gentiles also be convinced of that? It's because the Lord's going to come back. He wants us all to be gathered in. And so some things have to happen there as well. So pretty cool. Anyway, um, that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, we've had our concluding thoughts, I guess, and then some. And so we just hope we sure did. <laughs> we hope that uh, all of you guys out there listening have a great week. Definitely tune in to Conference Talk, which is our other podcast. Um, there's a lot of episodes coming out in quick succession because we're running out of time. <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the next conference is coming up in less than a month now. Um, and we've got to, we've got to finish discussing those talks. And so there may be two or even three talks a week coming out, um, well, episodes of talks coming out. So definitely stay on top of that. And yeah, we just hope y'all, y'all stay safe and definitely, as always, we look for feedback from mm -hmm. y'all about what we're doing here. And other than that, Shelb, anything? No, I was just going to say, remember him. <laughs> remember him. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. We hope you're enjoying the Christ-Centered Conversations podcast featuring the Book of Mormon. If you have any suggestions for the show, please message us on Facebook at Kevin or Shelby Stanfill. We also invite you to visit churchofjesuschrist.org for more information on the Book of Mormon and the restored gospel of Jesus Christ.